Thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today I'm joined by director Brett Donahue to discuss his film The Old Way, which stars Nicolas Cage in his first western. The film is about an old gunslinger and his daughter who must face the consequences of his past when the son of a man he murdered years ago arrives to take his revenge. Now, this is one of those films that is a familiar western. It's something you've seen before. But what's really interesting about this movie is what it does with those things is something new and something fun. I had a great time watching Nicolas Cage dive into this role, as I do with almost everything he does. But this is a special one. I had a great time with this. I think this is one of those movies that's really dividing audiences. And in my estimation, that's a good thing because I think this is a bold movie. It's very simple. But it makes some pretty big choices, and I, for one, was thankful for it. So uh, if you haven't seen the film, The Old Way, it's currently in theaters and available on VOD. and definitely recommend you check it out. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks. Good, good. It, it seems like that's the only, that's where my IT knowledge begins and ends. It's just basically restarted. And that's, if it's anything deeper than yeah. that, I just throw it away. Because I won't be able to my do- Two of my daughters are computer scientists, and I don't even try to compete. So, like, you're right. That's you know what I know. On off. There you go. <laughs> All right, call the girls. I'm like, hey, girls, I need your help. <laughs> you know, th- there was a point in time where I felt somewhat tech savvy uh, back in the '90s. Now, no, no idea. I have no clue. Dude, I said that to a buddy the other day. I said, what happened? I used to be so smart when it came to technology, but I just can't keep up. You know what I mean? It changes every seven seconds, supposedly. So. <laughs> well, dude, I can't even operate social media. I mean, seriously, I'm like, wait, I I just got on TikTok to look at some stuff, and I'm like, guys, why is this so complicated? How do you even post on this? I just, I don't know. I feel, I feel I, like, I guess what we thought about our grandparents. I already feel old. I'm like, how could you guys be so ignorant? And then here we find ourselves like becoming our granddad, right? Like, I don't know how to do that thing. What is it? <laughs> when my wife gets TikTok, I do not understand it. One bit, I look at it and there's too many texts layered on top of texts and I, I just, it's beyond me. So when I look yeah. at it, and I'm okay, it feels like it's designed not for me and there's other texts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and that's fine. It's like, it's, yeah. kind of, it's like uh, when you listen to music that teenagers are listening to. I'm 46. It should be annoying to me. That means they're doing it right. If I don't get it, yeah. that means they're doing something right. Oh, here, here, man. I just turned 50. Well, I'm about to turn 51, and my kids have definitely kept me young. <laughs> but not but not tech savvy. So that's, no. they, they keep me a little hip. They say, Dad, you should wear this. And like, you know, <laughs> don't say that. That's an old man's word. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, we need that guidance. It's helpful. So we're not completely right. disconnected. But yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this today, man. I really appreciate it. I yeah. really like this film a lot. I, I want to go back and revisit it already. I think there was a lot to dive into here. I had just, it's, there's rare that you see a Western post um, Unforgiven that doesn't feel like a deconstruction or even possibly um, McCabe and Miller, like where it just feels like it's taking it apart. And I feel like this is in many ways a classic Western. Kind of, this is something that could have been released you know, with the exception of some language and, you know, degrees of violence back in the 1960s. And it probably would have been more at home in that period than it is today. And I'm just wondering if that was your approach to this. Yeah, I mean, it's really super cool to meet guys like you and and women, too, that have actually 
they had gotten the point of why I made the movie. I mean, I literally said when I read it and I, I called C on my DP, I said, look, man, I want to do a true homage to the Westerns that I grew up with. And I grew up in Texas. So, you know, it was one of those things coming up, like watching Rawhide and, and Gunsmoke and John Wayne and Rio Bravo and Once Upon a Time in the West. And just, you know what I mean? Like these yeah. iconic Westerns that as a kid... But that, and literally Star Trek, and I didn't plan this. I just saw that Cage is, like, talking about he's a Trekkie. I mean, that is what I watched. I was, like, Star Trek and a Western. And so I'm really happy that you see that and appreciate that. And I, I definitely have noticed that the people that are fans of that era, they, they kind of get what I was trying to do. Well, it's it's something that um, I think it's all the ingredients are universal you've seen stories like this it's what you do with those ingredients and kind of the the spice that you bring to it that makes it something worth visiting for worth checking out because most well yeah and it's funny because i see you know i'm not supposed to say this but this is just who i am you know you can see some of the derogatory like thoughts about the simplicity of the story and i'm like dude that's what that. about the western because to me it's about and specifically this movie the, the deconstruction comes more in the development of these characters within yes. the simple story. So I want something simple that you can enjoy, but then because I started as an actor, like I love acting and the process of, of cinema and all of that, you know, mixed in a pot to make a great stew, I guess. And, and I think that we accomplished that because I love the performances and I think that, you know, even within the construct of each of these characters, like the Clint Howard character, I mean, he represented a certain actor that I grew up with. You know what I mean? Like, everything was, like, hand-selected that way to be like, wow, okay, if you like the 60s, if you like the 50s, like, you're going to like the movie because that's, you know, what I was trying to do. Well, this is really a performer's piece. If you think of something like the, uh, there's two scenes that stood out to me, just kind of right off the jump with it, when... You have the scene where Nicolas Cage is um, teaching the daughter how to imitate crying. And it's just that she's not showing emotion. And then you mirror that, with, which is played for laughs to me. I, I thought that was a really funny scene. It was really charming. It was very cute to see. Um, but it's dealing with something much heavier that's brought up in the campfire sequence when it's how this part of her died when she saw her mother die. And you just see that. And you see this mirroring of the way that Nicolas Cage processes it the emotion as well and it was something that and what was your interpretation of that i mean as a as a viewer like what what did you take away from that i'm curious well from okay so there's something that she's far ahead of where i am <laughs> sort of emotionally and spiritually i'm you know rounding 50 and i'm just coming up to terms with the idea that avoidance is not a proper way to handle emotion um that that's something that you know i've dealt with my whole life but that i'm really connected to that piece and that's what i think that she has she's been raised by somebody who half of that team was somebody that really was not connected emotionally where he was playing a part of somebody who was and what does that do to a child's psyche and that that's it's all these different layers in this simple simple these two scenes and i think that that's the beauty in this film is that it it does have more going on than i then on the surface level of this very simple revenge story. Yeah, and you know, from my perspective, and again, I, I didn't, on, on purpose, I don't identify it or specifically lay 
out in the movie itself, but I grew up interpreting for the deaf and like the disabled community, like my last really good movie, Music Within, like that's what that was about, the ADA and the pushing through the Americans with Disabilities Act. So my interpretation was specifically and definitely that these two characters are autistic, you know, are on the spectrum. And it was just so cool to me to discover that within the construct of a Western that's such a traditional, as we're discussing genre, you know, that has never, in my mind, or at least in my experience, you know, ever delved into something so, I guess, progressive from the perspective that now in our current modern society, you know, it's something on the, on the forethought of our understanding that, oh, okay, well, this is, we're identifying the psychology of how people are reacting and why they're that way, which you could never diagnose back then. So that, you know, to me, that's interesting because you, you watch, now you rewatch the Western, you're like, oh, Clint Eastwood, was he a sociopath? No, maybe he was, you know, a savant or an autistic, you know what I mean? So it's an interesting, uh, I think it's an interesting topic to discover in this setting. Well, that, that was one element of it. And there's my seven-year-old um, is on the spectrum. And so that's something where I frequently project that into all kinds of places uh, where it's not necessarily seen. And that, to me, that's always subtext because I'm just yeah. looking for those entry points. And it's something where this is, that it's, that's why it's called a spectrum. My son is not this. Um, he he absolutely is connected to his emotions and is able to express his emotions with more um, understanding than most people his age. You know, he's in first grade, and so. Yeah. It, but I have, you know, I do see these types of interpretations of it. Pretty some, you know, whether they're intentional or not, and I always feel like that's me more than the actual film or the art itself that I'm projecting right. myself into. <laughs> so right. I never know yeah, what that's yeah, the yeah. intent. Yeah. No, I understand. And again, that's why I like to leave things open for interpretation because that you're right, that spectrum is wide and diverse and we all think differently and it's really cool, I think, to create some characters or to be able to, you know, allow them to portray themselves in a unique way that we just haven't been able to see before. So. Oh, absolutely. And that's something that, um, again, back to that point of this being a simple story that allows you to project yourself into it or to, you know, I think my favorite art, it's things that I can revisit at different times in my life and I'll see something else. You know, every time I go back to read Breakfast of Champions, you know, first time I was 16 years old, I revisit it probably once every 10 years or so and it's a totally wow. different book. Um, wow. It's And so, and I think that, that this is one of those things where, you know, depending on where you are in your life, would say more probably it would impact how you view the art. And I think that that's one of the wonderful things about simplicity because it doesn't stand up on a soapbox and preach to you and just telegraph every idea and every thought. That you yeah. Have You're not trying to take yourself too seriously. You're trying to have fun. And I, that, that's actually one of the bigger compliments that I've heard is, is people like, man, your, your movie, I had so much fun. I enjoyed it. And, and this is what's cool too is I actually, actually I've met now, this last night was the fourth night of screenings. I'm in New York City. And, and now I've met young and old and, and middle-aged like us, and I'm just like, and they all have their own interpretation and their own experience, and it's been, for the, for the most part, at least at the screenings, positive, and I'm just like, wow, this is amazing, that it, it translates generationally, you know what I mean? Even oh, uh, yeah. Sion's daughter thinks she's 20, and she, she came up to me after the screening in L.A., and she's like, Brett, you know, I just really enjoyed this movie, and she's very erudite, very sophisticated woman, you know, and I was like, well, thank you so much, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing you did, you know? It's cool. Oh, sure. I like that, being able to translate art and, like, actually, you know, 
I mean, you know, and people enjoy it, so. Oh, yeah, no, and, and I get why. Um, and I know we're already running short on time, but there was one shot in this film that really stood out to me. There's a, a lot here, but there's these, and early on, there's a moment when Mr. Jeffries, I believe, he's stealing the jelly beans, and you have Nicolas Cage in what could be seen as a fairly innocuous scene, but the way that you light it and frame his face, it's clearly the movie splits, you know, this is the devil that you're dealing with. Like, just in case you're not aware, <laughs> you're, yes, a bad, bad man. And I love those, like, kind of... It's so on the nose, but there's very few people, few actors that can hold a frame like him. You could have held on that for another 10 seconds. And well, also, isn't it? And by the way, I tried. I mean, I had to cut that down a little bit because I, like you, was a fan of that particular moment. And I think the subtext, which is so funny, and, and I mean, hopefully... Most people laugh because you're getting the fact that subliminal messages. This is a killer. Jeffries does not know he's a killer. And he is just so frustrated that he's stuck in this life. But he is because he's in love. You know what I mean? There's just so much going on there. So I agree. I'm glad no one's actually brought that up so far. So I'm glad that you enjoyed that. Because I love that moment. Because this guy's rambling on, lives with his mother, guy, local guy. <laughs> and, and, you know, Colton Briggs is like, oh, my God, shut up. What do you want? <laughs> it's just great. And and then just that transference of those beats, you know, throughout that little mini scene yep. is just great. I love it. I love it. Well, and it's that story is called back later on in the film where she's yeah. recounting that story. And that's one of the reasons I think that that really just stood. I mean, I took a little note as soon as I saw that moment, but it was when that came back together again, um, the way that she was passing that on and just with such clarity and just the way that she's delivering the word shit in the same way that he did. Just that's so great, man. <laughs> Oh, I love that you like that. Yeah, that to me is a, a little kind of anecdotal bookend that I was like, when I was in the cut, I don't know that I even, I mean, of course I knew it was in the script, but like when you really see it, you're like, wow, this is a great callback. I mean, yeah, it was kind of, it was planned, but I think it came off better than maybe I thought it would in the sense of what you're talking about. So that's cool. I'm glad you like that. Well, I love that this feels like a, there's not a master plan right away when they set out to, you know, to get revenge that it's they're putting together these pieces as they go and you can see them putting this together and it's just as they get one step closer it's like oh well we have this to our advantage we can use this moment and it's just i it's so much fun to watch and just kind of the last thing that i have to mention here is the score for this is so great man it does feel like something that could have been done 50 years ago at times and then at other times it feels like something that's very modern and you kind of i think you balance that really well yeah, Andrew Merkin Smith, I mean, he's, he's quite the genius because he's a young man. He's, I think he's 33, 34, has five children. I interviewed a bunch of people. I have my go-to guys. And part of what sold it is not just us seeing eye to eye because, you know, I'm a musician myself. I had a scholarship on the French horn and sax and stuff, and so I love the orchestra. And so not only did we see eye to eye kind of, tonally and like I told him kind of what I wanted to do like the homage but with a modern twist but what got got me is that a lot of the times um, I live on the road but when I whenever I'm not making a movie I tend to live in Budapest Hungary and I'm a huge fan of the Budapest Orchestra and so we're in this interview and Andrew's like well you know Brett 
the Budapest Orchestra, and of course we know, man, this is a finite amount of time, finite amount of money, because this is indie cinema, and there's no way do I think I'm going to get an orchestra to do my score. And he says, you know, the Budapest Orchestra owes me a favor. And I'm like, Andrew, you're hired. <laughs> I was like, dude, we're done right there. I mean, that is one of my favorite orchestras. And it's, you know, not a lot of people even know where Budapest is, but, I mean, they're brilliant. And it was amazing, because I was going to fly over, I didn't have time and I stayed up all night, like, on the Zoom call, watching them do the performance and, and like, directing through Andrew to the conductor. And it was just, it was an incredible part of my journey on this project, is being able to watch his music come alive after hours and hours and hours of discussing the themes and the and the tonally, like, the instruments even. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, I really think that he did an exceptional job. I, I agree completely, and that's why I was calling it out, because it's one of those things that just... It just got me right away with how big it was at times. That it doesn't yeah. have that. It, it's just you can feel that orchestra, but then it gets really small at other times, and it's something. And it that, definitely contributes. I mean, honestly, like you know, this is a small indie movie, and I and that's the way I view it in the sense of, you know, like in the sense of an art film almost as a western. And so his score contributes so much to bringing out that scope. I feel so blessed that we're in the theaters. I mean, it's just a dream to be going city to city, sitting in the theater and seeing this anamorphic Western that, that you know, 300 people helped me create. And it's just, oh, it's so fun. But as you say, to sit there and listen to this big score on that picture, it's incredible. Well, I mean, that's the, just what is American cinema. To me, goes back to the Western that is that big anamorphic widescreen, big music yeah. in a theater, that communal experience of that. Those are the first movies that made me fall in love with cinema and in fact it was i mean it was the spaghetti western was the first one that i saw projected but going to a revival house and seeing you know good bad and the ugly and that's just that experience well, i was just gonna say good bad and the ugly i mean that yeah. and, and uh yeah. and the uh the harmonica man i mean those two movies as a kid you're just like oh that's i mean and you just think about what has been done in that genre and how wide encompassing it is and it's just every generation kind of revisits this idea and puts their own stamp on it and I'm just I was really happy to see this kind of this you know, throwback with one of the uh, most I, I think people are finally coming back to recognizing how important how wonderful Cage's work is because he's one of those guys that in my encapsulation of him it's that you can fantasy cast a lot of roles in your mind and you can think okay there, this movie could have had this actor and what would that have been like with Nicolas Cage, once he touches a performance, I don't think you can recast that in your mind. He just makes it his. Oh, never. I mean, he's so iconic, and he's such a consummate professional. And if anything, what's so remarkable is that he approached this like it was a $100 million studio movie. Yeah. And his, his professionalism and jumping, like, all in. So I can't thank him enough. I mean, we had a great time making it, and uh, his performance, of course, speaks for itself. It's amazing. That's great. It's, I mean, worth the price of admission right there, in my humble opinion. But then there's yeah. surrounded by a whole bunch of other great performances as well. The movie looks great. It sounds great. This is real theatrical experience. And, you know, I, there's not many times that I see something you know, on the laptop kind of to prepare for these things. And I will actually go out and revisit in the theater. But I think this weekend that's what we're going to be doing. So, oh, dude, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I was going to ask if you would. It would be so It's such a different thing. I actually get a little frustrated. I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I'm sorry that some of these reviewers have to look at it on their phone or on their computer, you know, because it's just a different experience. And I've even heard that people have call, called me back. 
you know, I saw it in the theater. It's like a different movie. I'm like, I know. It really is. Like, because it's so immersive and you just feel, especially, I shout it out to the Look Cinemas. But, man, we had a cast and crew screening Saturday night. And I have to tell you, like, that's some of the best sound and picture I've ever seen. And everyone was like, whoa, this is like the best movie ever. Because that is the immersive audience experience that's just, you know, transcends. I just hope, oh, let's keep our cinemas, right? I mean, I love streaming. I yeah. love Netflix. I love sitting at home with the popcorn. But there's nothing quite like going out to the theater, you know, and, and having the immersive experience, not just with that sound and picture, but with the people and the emotion of that. And that's what's been fun this week. That, you know? That's the element that you can't duplicate because I have a great sound system. I have, like, you know, standards of, that I oh, thought yeah. when I was watching stuff at home, they... 75 TV, 75 inch TV didn't exist when I was a kid. So when I watch things yeah. in a four by three pan and scan VHS tape, and so <laughs> it's as good as it can get almost at home now. But it's that right. communal experience of the audience finding laughs where you didn't see the laugh, or where oh. they gasp in moments that you're laughing. It's just all those things that you kind of feed off of and make it something really special. That's what is so interesting about art is because everyone has their own take and a different perspective. And, and again, my big gala screening, we had 210 people in there, and I was so shocked. I only sit for about the first act because I've just seen it so many times. But like to hear the laugh or the gas, as you say, at moments they are like, well, I've never thought anyone would laugh at that yeah. or that they would be shocked at that. I mean, that's actually more fun because they're having their own experience, you know, and that's just so cool to me. I'm like, wow, they're good enough to actually emotionally gasp. I'm like, okay, win. <laughs> yeah, 100%, man. And this is definitely something I'm recommending to people to go check it out in the theater, go support small independent films that really don't feel like a small independent film. This feels like something oh, like you're, you're definitely punching above your weight class here, man. So congratulations, Brad. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. You as well, man. Thank you. And I hopefully get to chat with you on the next one because uh, I'm on board, man. I'm a fan. Looking forward to whatever's next. All right, sweet. Cheers. We'll do it. We'll do it. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate it. Take care, it. man. Oh, goodbye. All right, brother. Bye. Oh. Well, they all just... Uh... Time enough to figure you out Time enough to write this down Wish me luck, get me hope
Boys crack.